Welcome to the SoCo Show. This is your co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by my so-host, Seth Att. No. <laughs> Keeping that going. Hey, uh, it's episode 20, man. It is. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. 20, 20 weeks in a row we've been doing it, and um, wow, that's just fun. I don't have anything to add about <laughs> it, but it's pretty fun. Exciting. It is exciting. Uh, you know what? I'm more excited for episode 21. 21? Why? Because then our our podcast can officially drink. <laughs> okay, yeah, that works. Uh, and soon after that will be our third anniversary. Also be <laughs> That's true. Um, so for you, the listener out there, obviously we're coming to you uh, a day late. Hopefully you're hearing this on Friday. Um, well, you're definitely not hearing it before Friday, but it's at least Friday. And the reason being, uh, Seth and I traveled to Los Angeles uh, for a long weekend. Mm-hmm. So didn't get to record on the uh, the original day. We had a hell of a time. Uh, and as part of that, obviously we did a lot of flying, so... A lot of TV and movie uh, watching was done on the plane, so we're going to have plenty of stuff to review. There'll be generally quickie reviews uh, with a couple longer form ones, so a lot of interesting things to review. Obviously, we'll have uh, a little bit of news in sports and video games as well, but Seth, I got to ask you, man, we spent four days in LA. What was your favorite part? Um, wow, there's a lot of a lot of really cool things. I, I, I think, I mean, if we're going to keep it towards... Kind of what the show's about: movie, TV, video games, things like that. We did a the Warner Brothers lot tour, which was really awesome. We got to see a lot of really cool things. Some of my favorite things we saw, and we can post. I'll, I don't know if we can post some of those pictures or not. Sure, we can legally. Yeah, we can. But uh, but we got to see. My favorite part of, about the Warner Brothers was the Batman. There's a lot of really cool Batman stuff. We got to see all of the Batmobiles, which was really cool. At least there was one from each movie, at least, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. There was some of like the bat cycles and like the the bat boat from the terrible Batman and Robin, but that bite, that boat was always cool. Uh, we also I got got to see some Harry Potter stuff too. I got sorted by the Sorting Hat, which is pretty neat. Gryffindor, even though the Pottermore test says I'm Ravenclaw, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> we got to be very close to Wonder Woman's outfit, which made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Empty clothes still turns out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a good time. The Warner Brothers lot was really cool. I love that kind of behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. movie stuff that goes on. Uh, we got to go on a soundstage mm-hmm. for the show Lucifer, which was really cool. Yeah. Sound stages are crazy. Um, my favorite part of the tour was we got to see the alley where Spider-Man <laughs> and Mary Jane Watson share the upside-down kiss from the first Spider-Man movie. So we got to stand where they stood and... Uh, reenact it. It was fun. And reenact it, yeah. yeah. I, I hung upside down. Seth hung upside down and I had a see-through wet t-shirt. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, the Warner Brothers lot tour and really any... I've been on a couple lot tours now. You've done... We've both mm-hmm. done the Universal lot tour too. And if you ever are in LA and get a chance to do those, they're super interesting if you're into yeah. movies. We also had probably about 100 IPAs yeah. <laughs> between the two of us over yep. the weekend. And I know I had at least six fish tacos. Uh, which was the only reason I wanted to go out there. So it was a really fun time. Uh, shout out to our friends Dan and Lindsay for hosting us. And we got to do a lot of cool stuff. So uh, obviously L.A. It was a good time. And I got to celebrate my birthday out there. Mm-hmm. 26 years young now. And I feel old as shit. My back still hurts from sitting on the plane. <laughs> so age has caught up with me and it's not graceful. My number one favorite part of L.A. is going to take us into sports news. So let's jump into that. Sports. So on Sunday, we had the distinct pleasure of being at the L.A. Coliseum and watching the Rams beat up on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, It was a very big game. I know we've talked about it for a couple weeks now. A couple of playoff powers. Definitely seems like both both teams are playoff bound now. Mm -hmm. Rams coming off a disappointing effort against the Vikings the week before, but they pulled off the win this week. A huge win for uh, playoff standings and for the Rams season in general. Eight and three now. Saints are eight and three. Gives the Vikings the lead. They got a big number two. Win. Nine and two. Vikings now move into the number two seed in the NFC. Potentially playoff uh, first round playoff by, which is huge. Yeah. So good news all around for uh, for our teams and for the NFC playoff picture in general. Mm. We got some really big games this week for some big playoff implications. We got the Vikings Falcons, which I'm very invested in. <laughs> Eagles and Seahawks, which is a big one. I'm rooting for the Seahawks in that one. So Vikes can maybe take over that. Uh, if they beat the Falcons, they can take over the number one spot potentially, or at least be tied for it. Um, Rams have a division game against the Cardinals. That's a big one. 
Panthers Saints is a huge one. Um, I know we're, we'll both be rooting for the Panthers that game. Oh yeah, because that would really well. Both are eight and three, so really the Saints. I mean, I, they'll they'll probably get at least a wild card spot, but you never know. You know, the Falcons go could go on a run. The Saints could lose some games. They played some. Other than the Rams, they haven't played a ton of tough teams, so maybe they're not for real. Who knows? But I mean, the Saints can find themselves out of the playoffs in a couple weeks, so you never know. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, the NFC has a really tight race right now. A lot of teams in that four to three to four loss range. Uh, NFC South is representing right now. They've got mm-hmm. three teams in if the season ended today. So, yep. and uh, the same, they all have to play each other between now and the end of the year. So. It's going to be crazy what happens yep. just specifically with that division, but it's all good news for the Rams and Vikes. Uh, they just, we just, each team just has uh, division games left against some kind of subpar. Yeah, Vikings opponents. got Falcons and then Panthers next week, which are two huge games. Both, all of them, the playoff teams, and and with pretty good winning records. After that, it gets pretty easy again. But those are big games. I I feel like they need to at least win one of them in order to, you know, continue that role. So. Yeah, five games to go in the regular season, and it's it's going to be intense. I, I don't know about you, man. I, I'm looking forward to the NFC playoffs. I think there's going to be a lot of great yeah. teams. AFC playoffs look like they're kind of going to suck. Yeah, I, I think – you know what, though? I think that with the, the AFC, you're going to have some interesting matchups. I think the Jaguars will end up making it. They're a tough team on defense, and I think they'll be fun against an offensive team, maybe like a Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to – I personally think the Chargers will end up winning that division. I hope so. I, I think they're playing really good football right now. They're, they've been – They've been beating some teams pretty handily. Their defense is playing very well as well, and their offense is on fire. I think I think they're going to end up being a dangerous team. I think we'll see. Like who, when it comes to who they're playing, like the, they lost the Jaguars a couple weeks ago in a tight game. Um, I don't know if they would beat the Patriots, but I mean the Patriots are going to probably run through the playoffs. But you never know. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting because I do like the Patriots. I obviously love Tom Brady, but I. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. No, and, I, I don't either. And I think they could slip up, and the, they're going to have to play really well to beat your Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. to beat the Chargers, for example. Yeah, they're going to have to play really well. Even right now, Jacksonville is in. Season ends today. Jacksonville's in, mm-hmm. along with Baltimore, who's just laughable. Yeah, I think Tennessee is the other team. Yeah. So any of any of those teams, uh, you know, on a on a down Patriots day could get a win. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting if the Pats can put together, you know. Three straight uh, really good games in a row. Maybe they get back to the Super Bowl, but don't forget about the Steelers either, though. Don't forget about the Steelers. Steelers they're, number they're, one seed right now nine, because of uh, strength of schedule. Yeah, they're nine and two. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't expect that <laughs> seeing the way they have played some of those games. But their offense could score fifty on you in any At game. Will. So yeah. I think they'll they'll be another tough team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, uh, and not only for the NFL playoffs, but uh, the league number seven, which is <laughs> the name of our fantasy league. And I know we haven't talked about it a lot this year because we don't want to bore everyone with yeah. it. But it, this week is the last week of the regular season. Huge for most, week. For most fantasy players, For most, yeah. most fantasy folks out yeah. there. Um, I know my team is in a win-and-you're-in situation. Uh, you need a win and some help to get mm-hmm. in. Uh, and I, I just love it. I love when fantasy games get close. <laughs> and Sunday is going to be really exciting, not yeah. only for real football where there's a lot of good games, but for a lot of folks who have fantasy implications to pay attention to as well. A mm-hmm. couple interesting bits of quarterback news also in the NFL. One of them sounds like uh, the Giants, New York Giants, who are 2-9 and nine now after another loss last week. Sounds like they're going to bench Eli Manning. Yeah. 210 straight starts yeah. without missing a game. And he's getting benched for Geno Smith this week. Yep. What do you think? Of, is that is it's the move? What do you? I, I have heard no one say this is the right move. What it, do you think? It would be the right move if they ha- they drafted a quarterback in the second round this year. It'd be a right move if if like the 49ers, for example, if if they would have drafted like Bethard, or if they had a you know had a prospect behind behind them, if they had Teddy Bridgewater, like if the, this happened to the Vikings, if they were they were falling you know off the off the hill and Case Keenum was playing terribly. That makes sense, but Geno Smith, a failed, he played four years with the Jets, and yeah. he wasn't good. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. I think that that's a disrespect to Eli. It's a huge disrespect. Guy won you two Super Bowls. Yeah, it's not his fault. The team, every wide receiver on that team has been hurt. Half the defense is hurt, yeah. and the line sucks. Yeah, what do you expect the guy? It's not Eli's fault. Yeah, and this whole they're given the excuse of we want to see what what Geno can do. Watch the five years of tape right. from him already in the NFL not doing anything. Yeah. I hate this. It yeah. shows a total, like you said, total disrespect and total ungratefulness mm-hmm. to what I you have to extend a certain leash to a veteran who's won you two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. You saw it in Denver with Manning. 
You've seen it in, uh, in honestly, in New England. At times when Brady's been bad, they keep, stay yeah. with him because he's Tom Brady. I think you have to do that. You have to show loyalty to your guys. Mm-hmm. What I like about this, though, I hope that it means that they're going to try to get rid of Eli because mm-hmm. I would love for see him to see him go somewhere else and be super successful because yeah. he deserves that. And they keep putting shit around him, and he deserves to win. I think it was brought up earlier in the year, but I think him to Jacksonville would be really interesting. Oh, yeah. Because they, they're going to, next year, they're going to, they already have a good offensive line. The defense is awesome, and their defense is super young. They're only going to get better. They have two of the best corners in the league. on, on their Like, the, the stats the, those two corners have given up, is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so they have a, an amazing defense. I think if you get Eli down there, who's still, I think, got a couple years left in him at least, back with Coughlin, he's going to be able to throw bombs to Alan Hearns, who will be back next year, Alan Robinson, who's a, a t- really good talent. I think they could be a re- – and then they have Fournette in the backfield. Yeah. That team would be tough to beat. It would, and I, I like Eli. Also, that division sucks, mm-hmm. so they could walk into the playoffs yeah. in that division. Um I like him on Arizona. I like him on Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of teams around the league who are maybe just a quarterback away from being a playoff team, um, and and I think that he'll f- if they're going to let him go, then they need to do it so that he can go find somewhere else to play and mm-hmm. have success. Um, and really, just in general, the quarterback carousel is going to be weird this offseason. Yeah. There's a lot of him, Tyrod Taylor. Yep. Um, there are two big names. Obviously, you have uh, like Beathard and. Um, and Garoppolo, mm-hmm. whoever the hell is on the Browns, probably at least two quarterbacks are going to get drafted. And probably start right away. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting situation with quarterbacks. One guy that I know folks are going to be excited to see back next year is Aaron Rodgers. And uh, they, the Packers put out some video of him this week, uh, not practicing fully or anything like that, but making throws. Mm-hmm. And he's making some throws. Yeah. Throws you and I couldn't make at full health. <laughs> right. 30 to 50 yards, he's chucking it. And again, that's his throwing arm that mm-hmm. had the clavicle hurt. Uh, I don't know if this means he's on track no. to come back this season. Even if he was, if he could physically, probably you don't want to try it. No. The Packers, they're not going to make the playoffs, so you wouldn't try it, right? I, I mean, they still have an outside shot to make the playoffs. The thing is, he can throw 70 yards all he wants. It doesn't matter. He can throw 100 yards with that shoulder. But as soon as he gets hit and lands on that again, because it's going to happen, you're going to you're gonna get tackled on that shoulder again. Yep. It, it's it's done. You're done. Yep. And then you're just delaying your recovery for next season. You just got to let that thing heal. And that happened to Romo a couple years ago. Yep. First game back. First tackle. First time he got hit to the ground. Done. Yep. So I, I think it would be stupid, really stupid for the Packers. But you know what? I hope they do it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the Packers are that dumb, uh, and I hope they're not because you know Rodgers is the kind of guy everyone wants to see him play. Even if you hate the Packers, you still want to you still want to see Aaron Rodgers. The guy's a stud, so yeah. uh, you know hopefully they they don't push him. I don't think they will. I agree I don't with think you. So, either. Uh, so it'll be good to see him back next year. But yeah, interesting times uh, in the NFL when you talk about Rodgers out and and Manning getting benched. You have guys like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff just lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Breeze is still being a stud, and Brady are still, and Roethlisberger. But uh, it's an interesting time in the NFL, especially at the quarterback yeah. position, I think. One last thing uh, before we move on from sports, and this is this stays in the realm of NFL news. Uh, the last couple of days it's been released that uh, the, the NFL and like a coalition of players have come to an agreement where there's going to be, I think the number was about $89 million, that there's going to be donated to causes that support um, better relationships between law enforcement and African Americans or just people in general um, in communities. So if you don't know, uh, that's the original thing that Colin Kaepernick was protesting for, and he's donated and spent a lot of his time doing. And obviously the protests have grown after Trump this year. So I think this is a really cool thing that the league is finally saying your protests have been effective. Mm-hmm. And the players who have been a part of this, a lot of them have come out and said, you know, now that this is done, they're not going to protest anymore. They're mm-hmm. going to stand up. They're going to put their fists down uh, because they've, they've effectively started to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's still not all sunshine and rainbows because there's a lot of players who really didn't like. Apparently, there was a lot of negotiating before they arrived at this solution. And a lot of the players didn't like how that came about. Yeah. And so there's still a lot of unrest and a lot of disagreement just within the players themselves. But... I don't know. I, I think that this is a, a cool thing. It shows that you can have some sort of impact just by protesting. Mm-hmm. And on the NFL side, it shows that they listen. Yeah. And I think it's. I think that's more about what it's about for the NFL is the optics. Mm-hmm. But it's okay for me because, you know, 
it'll still have a positive effect. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully, this is kind of the end of the entire, you know, protest um, drama that's mm-hmm. been going on. I doubt it. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think there will still be more to come. But for now, at least, it seems like it seems like a happy time in terms of in terms of the protest, which is good, right? Yeah. Video games! I want to just spend a, a second in video games uh, just to touch on Star Wars Battlefront 2. I, uh, I picked that up a couple weeks ago. I've finally gotten a chance to play through part of the story mode, maybe about four or five hours total. And I got to tell you, man, it's sweet. Hmm. And you haven't played this at all, have you? No, Battlefront? I didn't buy it. It's got a, a it's got a really cool story mode. You, you play as this as a woman named Iden Versio, and she's a commander for a Spec Ops uh, Special Forces unit in the Empire. So she's a bad guy. She sounds like a Harry Potter spell. It definitely, I does. You. it does definitely sound like a Harry Potter spell. Um, fun, interesting fact, though, the the woman who is the actress did the mocap, I guess, and the voice for Iden Versio is the same actress who plays Shiva in The League, <laughs> The League on FX, if you watch that. Shiva is the, she's this woman that they went to high school with and their trophies based after. You know Shiva if you've watched The League. Anyway, that actress is the star of this Battlefront game, which I think is hilarious. And I gotta tell you, it's really cool. There's a really interesting story. Uh, the characters are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You, they find ways to integrate a lot of the old Star Wars characters because it takes place after Return of the Jedi. And so I've gotten to meet you know certain of the original cast of Star Wars, which has been really cool. I haven't finished playing through, but and I don't want to give away a lot of the plot, but it's pretty cool. It's been pretty interesting, and the gameplay is sweet. Yeah. And uh, just all in all, it's about what I hoped for for Battlefront. It's not quite blowing my mind open, but it's exactly what I wanted um, coming into Battlefront. And it's going to tie me over for the next couple weeks until we get to Last Jedi, which (laughs) I can't wait for. Television! All right, let's talk TV. And this is an interesting one. Seth, what did you you think of the movie Watchmen, the Zack Snyder one that came out? Um, I only watched parts of it. I never even fully watched it. Yeah, so it, it had the problem of, oh... They tried to get the entire comic book into one movie, and so it made it like close to three hours, and it was just really intense the whole mm-hmm. time. Uh, it sounds like, in an effort to better tell the story, they're going to do it as a series instead. And so HBO is apparently uh, in the works of a Watchmen series, which I think I think the Watchmen is, is one of those series that could be pretty cool. There's a lot of characters, there's a lot of themes and things going on in Watchmen that I think could be pretty interesting as a long-form show. Uh, is this something that you, I know you're into the superhero shows on the Marvel side, is mm-hmm. Watchmen something you're going to try to see? I don't know. I, I, the comic, I've read about the comics and it didn't super interest me. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Depends how it is received, I guess. Yeah, it's got, I, I watched the movie for the first time just actually earlier this year, and I really liked some of the themes that it had, um, sort of the aging superhero, uh, how does a superhero interact with society, What's a person's personal life? Mm-hmm. And it's told kind of in a little bit more realistic way than I think a lot of the comics that people know and love. Mm-hmm. So I think this could be a really excellent show, especially being on HBO. There's a lot of brutal stuff and like sex and cussing and stuff mm-hmm. in Watchmen. So I think HBO could do it right. And I think they potentially could have a hit on their hands. I think it could be really cool. Obviously it remains to be seen. Hopefully they can they can distance themselves from the Zack Snyder thing because that was kind of a <laughs> polarizing movie. Not yeah. a lot of people like his stuff, so... Could be really interesting. I'm excited. I think I'm going to try to check it out because I already have HBO. So, <laughs> couple of uh, sounds like a couple of, of your shows that you've been watching lately uh, have been picked up for for more episodes. Yeah, some renewals. A renewal second. I don't know. I can't think of a fun. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, we got a couple. Ghosted, which is the show on Fox with Adam Scott and Craig Craig uh, Craig Robinson. Did you almost say Craig Ferguson? Craig, Craig. I was thinking it too. <laughs> That'd be a way different show. <gasps> They're being ghosted! <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so that got renewed for some additional episodes. It got renewed for additional eight, so it'll have up to 16 for this season. Must be doing well. I haven't heard much about ratings for it, but it's funny. It's not like the most mind-blowing show, but it's good. Um, I also saw that they're the one of the showrunners for The Office is going to join that as well, so oh. that could be good. Uh, Mindhunter, which is that Netflix show with uh, can't I can't even think of the actors right now. I do know the the other cop who's not the main guy. Jonathan Groff is the main okay. character, yeah. He and he's been picked up for some movies too here, so he's he's kind of getting more famous. Pulling up, yeah. But uh, the other guy, he was in 
he was in the beginning of Justice League. He got tied up. Oh, the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So that got renewed for season two, which was actually really funny. I was when we were on the plane, I uh, saw over someone's shoulder that they were watching that, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> keep watching that. <laughs> so that was cool. That I got renewed, and then just not not really into renewal news, but I guess production news. House of Cards resumes production without without Kevin Spacey. So glad that they're back up and running. They're going to finish that story with uh, with what they have and give it a, a conclusion rather than just kind of what it ended with. So I'm happy for that. I'm excited for the last season. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be. Uh, a lot of people obviously on the House of Cards train and good that they can finish the story the way they want to finish it. Well, maybe not the exact way they want to finish it, but they can give it a natural ending mm-hmm. even though Kevin Spacey fucking sucks. Yeah. So um, I was happy to hear that news too. Yeah. Um, just not really. It kind of relates to movies just a tiny bit, but they just released a trailer for All the Money in the World, which is that movie Kevin Spacey got really, uh, you know, taken out of with Christopher Plummer. They put him in. Um, if you watch the trailer, definitely watch the trailer. It's it. I mean, the movie looks awesome. He actually, I heard he was the actually the original want for Ridley Scott, but the studio wanted Kevin Spacey instead. Ah, uh, and so good call. Yeah. <laughs> so Christopher Plummer. Uh, he, I mean, he looks good in it. They they've they just finished shooting the parts. I think yesterday, so they're done filming all the the re the reshots for it, and they released the trailer. Looks good. They kind of changed it up a little bit. It's kind of more of a thriller look as opposed to a kind of like here's Kevin Spacey and here's mm. we're going for an Oscar. I still think they're going for an Oscar, and I I think it'll get some nods just based off everything that's going on. Obviously, I haven't seen it yet because it's not out, but. Looks good. I'm, I'm excited to watch it, and it should get a better release. So. Good. Uh, like I said before, I hope it wins every award, because fuck you, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Last bit in TV here. I uh, want to give a, a kind of a quickie review of Netflix's Big Mouth. So, I guess, are we in the TV Kona? Is that what we No! <laughs> so, uh, you know, Netflix's Big Mouth, if you don't know, it's an animated series by John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, mm-hmm. who are two of the most, they're two of my favorite dudes in comedy out there right yeah. now animated show it's about some young kids i think they're like 13 years old so they're in middle school and it's basically about them going through puberty and the entire show is hilarious i won't give away any of the laughs or any of the real specifics of the show but i can tell you that like puberty is represented by this giant monster (laughs) and it's like an imaginary creature kind of thing where he follows around one of the characters who's going through puberty and, like, yells things in their face. Like, um, you know, he tells the kid when to get boners and stuff like that. And just is generally a bad influence on him. And the show is just, it's, it's very creative with some of the kind of puns and in-jokes that it makes. Um, it's It actually, uh, if you dig below all the hilarious, bonkers shit that goes on in it, it actually tells a pretty good story of puberty and what it's like to be a kid mm-hmm. when your body's just totally freaking out all the time. And, uh, and you know, there's a, there's a cast of a lot of cameo stars and, yep. and people that pop in, people you've heard of. Jason Mantzoukas plays a pretty funny character. Uh, Maya Rudolph appears in it, too. H. John Benjamin does a voice as well. So, Which he voices every adult cartoon in the world. Yeah, no kidding. So Big Mouth is really good. Uh, I just finished the first season while we are on the plane this week, and it I really enjoyed that show. I thought it was hilarious. There's not an episode that didn't make me laugh out loud. Yeah. I thought it was hysterical. So check that out on Netflix. It definitely gets a recommend from me. Um, Seth, I know you've seen a few episodes. Are you liking it as much? But you haven't finished it, right? Yeah, I'm about halfway through. It's it's hilarious. I like it a lot. It, it's not something that I'm like enamored, but I'll throw it on. Then it's it makes you laugh, like you said. It's <laughs> good thing you're watching it by me and not some random stranger because there's some pretty graphic stuff on there <laughs> and also you're laughing quite a bit so yeah i was just waiting for a, a, a flight attendant to walk by me while there was a big animated dick on my screen because <laughs> uh, there is some of that spoiler alert dicks uh, vaginas all kinds of things just everything every nasty thing you can imagine occurs in the show maybe not one to watch with your parents but definitely a funny show movie let's get into movie news and we've got a lot of it we're gonna get into a few reviews a little bit later on i think we've got four or five movies to review (laughs) so they'll be quickie reviews but we'll get into the details on some of them let's do some quick hitter news first uh let's start with some avengers news is that the theme yeah Uh, i guess it was pretty good yeah 
So we finally got a trailer. Everyone's been looking we forward did. to the Infinity War trailer. Um, but now, we're going to talk about it, but before you turn it off, I haven't seen the trailer. Seth has. He's not going to spoil anything for it. But uh, what did you think, man? You Wolverine's in it! <laughs> he's, he's, he's kidding. Wolverine's not in it. <laughs> no, he's not in it. Uh, no Hugh Jackman sightings for this. The trailer, without getting into, spo- getting into any spoilers, is awesome. It's it's jam-packed with everything that you could think of, plus some more that is pretty spoilery, but it's just kind of off the top of my head because like, we talked about it a little bit last night. I, again, I didn't spoil anything for it, but it's there's there's some big pieces that it's like, why would you throw that in there? You know, that's that's pretty spoilery. Some of it's comic book related to the story, like the Infinity Wars in the comics. So classic fans would probably, like classic comic book fans would know. But I think there's going to be so much in this movie that will probably come out of nowhere. And you're going to get so many big moments in this movie that throwing in a couple here and there isn't going to ruin it yet. Mm-hmm. I think if they continue to throw in additional big moments, that could get to the point where it's like what the hell are you doing but i I think the ones that they did throw in there aren't too much you could have already have guessed it if you watch if you know anything about the comics and it's still pretty awesome to see uh that being said um you get pretty much everyone in this trailer that that you can think of i mean you get all your iron man your your spider-man captain captain america you get everyone it it looks awesome you get to see a bunch you get that money shot of them kind of all together which is really cool you get you get a lot of cool action. It, it it looks great. I'm excited for this. Just I like the Russos a lot. I think they're really good. Even Civil War wasn't great, but I I'm I'm just really excited for this movie. And you should also watch uh, Jared Buckendall's trailer reaction for it because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I I avoided it because I'm avoiding yeah. the trailer altogether. But yeah, definitely make sure you go to YouTube at Jared Buckendall. And check out that review. If I know Jared, I know that he probably was pretty entertaining. Oh, he was, he was he he's more excited than I am for it, and he it, it's just good. You should definitely check it out. <laughs> but that being said, all of it together, the movie looks amazing. I know it's still what six months away. Just about five five months, a little April, over five May fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm sure we'll get two at least two more trailers between now and then. But I, for me, when it comes to like. I know you have a whole thing against trailers, especially like in the comic book variety. I wasn't, after the last few Avengers and the team-ups, I haven't been as excited for these movies. That trailer made me way more excited, so I'm ready. Well, good. That So that would have been my first, my, I had two questions. One was, did it make you more excited? Sounds like that's a yes. Oh, yeah. Two, for someone like me, I, I really want to stay away from any plot spoilers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of like maybe I should avoid it. Yeah, you definitely yeah. should. There, there's a couple of big moments. I, I can think of one specifically that I know you're going to love just to see it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I think if you want any sort of story, and I think the Russos even came out and said when, I think this is the trailer that was released at the D23 Expo. They came out and said, this trailer is going to have spoilers. For the movie, you're going to be able to get some big, some decent pieces out of it. So, for those who want to not know those things going in, to avoid the trailer. So, well, that's good on them to to say that kind of stuff. Because yeah, more and more lately, and we were just talking about this. You know, if I already know that I'm gonna, see, I already, I'm gonna go to mm-hmm. Infinity War. So, if I already know I'm gonna see a movie, I, I've I've lately been leaning toward avoiding the trailer. Still haven't watched Last Jedi's trailer yet. Mm-hmm. Been avoiding that, which is getting increasingly difficult because <laughs> it's everywhere. I know. Uh, I'm not going to watch the Infinity War one. I haven't watched the Black Panther one either, so uh, we'll see if I enjoy the movie more. And uh, It's kind of an experiment at this point. But mm-hmm. Infinity War is one that I definitely want to try, but I can already tell it's all over Twitter and YouTube be... everywhere. It's gonna I'm going to have to be whipping my head around in different directions yep. to miss it. And I think that this movie is... I think it's going to make a shit ton of money. It. I, I think this one, just because it, it has a different... The trailer has a different feel to it, and just the whole thing around it has a different feel to it than even Civil War did. I think that this one could be the the highest grossing one potentially, just the way it looks. I I would expect it. To, I mean, there's been something like twenty movies leading yeah. up to just this movie. Yeah. And there there was a um, there was a pre trailer trailer the day before the trailer came out, and. All it was was a compilation of people's trailer reactions from mm-hmm. the other MCU movies. Yeah. And so they'd intercut, like, 
Iron Man stepping out for the first time and then like Spider-Man swinging down and a bunch of fanboys watching the trailer being mm-hmm. like, oh my God. And it just cut a bunch of that together. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And yeah. that got me hyped for the Infinity War. But it, it said during that trailer, everything so far has led to this. And that's true. There's been how many, how much, how much money have we alone spent on trailers yeah. or not on trailers, but on tickets yeah. and on DVDs and stuff from all of the movies that have already happened. And it all comes down to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, I think that's about all a person needs to get excited for it. But yeah. it sounds like the trailer definitely helps yeah. <laughs> if you're got, looking for a reason to go. It's awesome. And <laughs> it got me more excited. So, Well, definitely, you know, a lot of people are expecting Avengers to make, you know, probably maybe even get sneak up to that top grossing movie ever range. Potentially. Uh, one of those movies is Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. We've got Last Jedi coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, sounds like the the powers that be less optimistic about Last Jedi than they... Than there were about Force Awakens. Yeah, right now it's projected at around two hundred million for opening weekend, which I mean, it's a lot of fucking money. It's, most movies would kill to make that at all. Yeah, but uh, that's I mean, it's less than what Force Awakens ended up making because I mean, Force Awakens wasn't. I don't think they were tracked to make as much as they did, but it's still projected to make less than than Force Awakens, which. I mean, whatever. It's going to make fifty million less. I mean, fifty million isn't a ton in the scope of things, and I'm sure worldwide it'll make a ton of money and blah blah blah. But I don't know. I think it's just kind of interesting because I think the Force Awakens had a different feel around it. I think you can say that with with a lot. I mean, we weren't around for the the Star Wars movies back then, but I think they they track similarly in in terms of just the feel for them. You mm-hmm. know, the first one was kind of like the introductory back into the world, or the, you know, New Hope was the introductory to the world, and then with uh, Empire Strikes Back that was kind of the darker yep. version it looks like Jet Last Jedi is going to follow that and kind of you know people are very excited for it but it's kind of got a, just a darker feel to it and, and then I bet the last one will have kind of a hopeish feel yeah. to it you know so we'll see it's going to be really interesting because yeah you make the point that it's got more of a dark tone maybe there's less young kids or less mm-hmm. parents taking their young kids to this one I don't know because then okay so maybe less kids go but the fanboys like me, I'm going more than once. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, if the movie is really great, which indications are that it is so far, um, it could be that the multiple viewings from the nerds sort of outpace the kids that don't go because of the dark. And it's interesting to me, the, the whole like projections of what they think it's going to do on a given week. And I was talking to you about this last night. I, I don't, I don't get, I've never heard what the science is behind those mm-hmm. things other than just kind of general sentiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, and I totally get the, the argument that they're making, but I think that the only argument you need is it's Star Wars. Yeah. Everyone's going to go. So yeah, I'm, it'll be interesting to see if it does make less. I'll be surprised if it does, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think once you, because now especially too, I think Disney is making kind of, kind of making a mistake by doing a Star Wars every year with you know, last year we had Rogue One and, you know, Force Awakens obviously was the first one and now we have Last Jedi. People obviously get more hype for the, the you know, the, the episodes as opposed to like those ones on the side. But I think people might also be inundated a little bit with Star Wars and I think that's going to continue to happen. But, you know, I, I don't think it'll make much less. I do think it will make less. I don't know how much though. Yeah. Well, even if it's $100 million less, that's what, 5% of... <laughs> Of what it's going to make yeah. overall, you know. And, uh, I mean, this year has been a really bad year for the box office. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Because the other thing to think about, too, is you got... Uh, there's so many things that you can watch at home now. A lot of people don't want to leave their house. And yeah. this movie will be out on DVD in April, you know. So, what's another four months for people who don't want to go to the theater? Yeah. So Makes sense. A lot of factors working against it. But that's not going to stop me from going to it multiple yeah. times. I'll tell you that right damn now. Uh, interesting. It'll be it'll be cool to, to track that. I'm, I was a little surprised when you told me that it, it mm-hmm. people are saying it's not going to make as much. Um, so definitely something that we'll be keeping an eye on. Well, I, I think I think one of the few things that you care about as much as I care about Star Wars is Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And I know that uh, one of the things people enjoy the most about having Freeform, which was formerly known as ABC Family, yeah. are the big Harry Potter movie weekends, right? Where they show all the movies in a row like three or four times and <laughs> you don't do anything that week because you're just going to watch them. Sounds like maybe those are going by the wayside. Yeah, HBO bought the rights to the Harry Potter library of movies to exclusively play on their network. So, yeah, that's, that's bad news for all of the people who have Freeform, I guess. <laughs> but it's kind of funny, though, because on the plane... We, one of the planes we were on had 
had TVs in them where you could swipe your card and pay for it. And at, at the beginning, you get a free free preview of it for the before you take off, I think. And uh, I had Freeform on with Harry Potter. It was a Harry Potter weekend. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Harry, it, was, it was the first one. So I, I almost I almost bought the <laughs> bought it so I could watch it the entire yeah, time. But I had other stuff to watch, which we'll hear about in a minute. But yeah, interesting HBO. I, I was a little surprised that HBO would scoop up Harry Potter. I mean, it makes sense when yeah, you think it's about huge. it. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I I don't think this gets more people to get HBO. I think people that are care that much about Harry Potter just own the DVDs. Yeah, they probably own it. But I I do think a lot of people enjoy the being able to sit down and you know if it's on they turn it on. You know, I I don't know. How, like I said, I don't know how many more people. I'm sure there'll be more subscriptions because of it. And that also means too that they will be on their streaming and that's something else to think about too with people now they if they don't own the harry potter movies they can buy hbo and stream as much as they want on the app yep so that's something else that that hbo has advantage of there's no commercials so people if they wanted to do a harry potter weekend they could fly through it in you know three days because it harry i i noticed this too on the flight i wouldn't have finished it by the time we landed yeah it was it's it was four hours on freeform it'll you know it's two hours on hbo so I know those are some things that maybe they they think, and I don't know how much they paid for it either. Because I'm sure a network like network like Freeform, formerly ABC Family, didn't have that much money to to throw their way. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Although they're owned by Disney. <laughs> yeah, they're still owned by ABC and Disney, but um, yeah, interesting. What do you think? Will you ever turn Freeform on ever again? I mean, I. The only reason I had was because I was on a fucking plane, and, and I was really excited about plane TV. <laughs> but you were weirdly excited about that because I just think I've never I've never been on a plane with a screen in it before, and I don't understand how they. This is a whole other thing. I don't understand how they choose which ones they have planes, which ones don't, which ones have the the plugins, and which ones don't. Like, how do they choose which flights get that shit? I don't understand because I I've done the same exact trip with with other people. Where out out to out to Denver, we took a United like Boeing, you know, pretty pretty nice plane, and it was packed. But when I did that before, like a year ago, I took a fifty seater plane <laughs> that basically was held together with duct tape. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know how this stuff works either. I think it has to do with the traffic and. But I was enamored was... by the the plane TV because that's really cool because you get satellite <laughs> TV in the air. And so you set your phone to this your your. Your tiny device that has everything you could ever want on it downloaded. You just yeah, set that no to the side. You just set that to the side and watched Harry Potter <laughs> and with I, commercials. <laughs> I could have watched. I could watch live football that day if I wanted to on, on there. Uh huh. I wasn't nearly as excited about yeah, yeah. as you about it, but yeah. Oh well. Especially when you found Harry Potter, I'm sure it was that that was just exhilarating for you. It was. One last thing before we get into some reviews here. Uh, every, uh, most folks know James Cameron has been working on Avatars two through five. Uh, I think production has begun on some of those so far, but it sounds like they're not going to be guaranteed to release all five mm-hmm. unless number two does well. Yep. So, I mean, and this is the chance of this happening is pretty much zero, but if Avatar two flops, then the other ones will just not happen. So, which is a lot of money to sink into to a production for him to make that statement but james cameron runs it i mean he it's his it's his thing and so i i mean if he doesn't want to continue if it does poorly no one sees it i mean i I don't blame him so is this do you think this is like holding the franchise hostage so that people will go so that it promises more no i so he made the, the way he did the statement was so someone had brought up kind of the difference between he related it to like Lord of the Rings, though, in that like Lord of the, with Lord of the Rings, there's a set book. You know, it's a huge universe and everything, but there's set books. You have a set story with Avatar. There's not that. It's it's its own thing, and there's already a pretty big lore to it, but it's its own thing. So if it doesn't do well, there's not a story to continue. That you know, they can just end it if mm. they want. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess we'll go see Avatar too. Yeah. it's one of those movies that you kind of have to go see. And, and like I'm not, I wasn't excited for the first one. It ended up being a good movie, but I'm not excited for the second one. Yeah, it's been a long time. We were in high school in the last one yeah. came out. It's, it seems pretty unnecessary. Obviously, which is two years ago. Yeah, we just got out of high school. <laughs> we just, uh, I don't know. I felt like the Avatar story was pretty self-contained and mm-hmm. didn't need to be continued. Yeah. Now they're gonna do it. Fine. And it, it doesn't even come out till 2019 either. So it'll be 10 years since the last one came out. Good grief. All right. Well, like we mentioned earlier in the show, we've got uh, five movies here to review for y'all. 
Uh, I'm going to start with just some quick hitters and then just because the movies I watched aren't as intense as what Seth did. So <laughs> we'll start with what I watched. The first thing I watched on the plane, and I know I'm late to the party on this, but Kubo and the Two Strings. <laughs> um, I watched this movie. I downloaded it on Netflix to my computer, and I just got a new computer that has a 4K <clears throat> screen. If you get a chance to watch Kubo in super high def, do it. <laughs> and also, if you haven't seen Kubo at all, just watch it because mm-hmm. it is incredible. There's, there's a really cool story to it. It's got a lot of heart. Um, it's not overly complicated. It, it's a it's a nice, feel-good movie. Um, it does have some kind of dark parts to it and some scary parts, but it, it's just a really solid movie all around. Then add to the fact that it just looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it, it was all done in this kind of stop-motion way uh, by these filmmakers who weren't really big filmmakers. They just They spent years and years on this passion project of theirs. And you can see that in the movie. And yeah. it, it all comes together in such a beautiful way that even if you watch it, you could put it on mute and just watch it, <laughs> and it would still be a fantastic movie. I thought it was super cool. Um, Matthew McConaughey does a voice in it, which I didn't realize until the movie was almost Oh, over. really? Yeah. And, you know, it was just a really good flick. Perfect for On the Plane. Yeah. Did that win the Oscar that year? I think it did. At least in something. For, animation. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was. I know it was nominated for best animation or yeah. best animated film. Yeah, uh, I don't remember if it won, but yeah. I know it got a lot of attention around that. You know, this it kind of reminds me of like the Disney Pixar Coco kind of in that way. Like yeah. it has the same buzz around it. Because I remember Kubo, a lot of people are like, it's incredible, and same thing has happened with Coco. And I know we're potentially might check it out this weekend. Yep. So, yeah, I'm really excited for Coco, and you're exactly right. I would definitely compare the two because it's very visually appealing Mm -hmm. and it's got just an interesting story with a really cute little main character there's a lot of similarities i think between the two i'm really excited to check out coco yeah i'm too i've heard a lot of people say that you won't go get out get through it without crying oh crap (laughs) well that's just what i need but yeah again uh late to the party here but if you haven't checked out kubo it's on netflix right now uh get out there and check it out you owe it to yourself it's only a couple hours long anyway so even if it sucks to you then you'll be fine another movie i watched on the plane was uh, jim and andy which, if you don't know, is a, a documentary about Jim Carrey. And it's about the time he played Andy Kaufman uh, in Man on the Moon, mm-hmm. which is in like 97. So it's about a 20-year-old movie. Good but, movie. But they did some filming um, of the production during production that was meant to be a documentary that never came out. And now they're finally releasing some of that footage. There's a really good interview with Jim Carrey as a part of it. And it's really, really interesting. Um, I think I saw Man on the Moon when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think I really was able to appreciate it yep. for what it was because I had no idea who Andy Kaufman was. Yeah. And But now I, I, I really want to go back and watch it again, having seen this documentary. It talks yeah. a lot about Andy it ta- and t- Jim Carrey talks a lot about not only this specific film, but acting in general and mm-hmm. just kind of more life stuff in general. So it's really interesting. Even if you haven't seen Man on the Moon, uh, it, I definitely give it a recommend. But if you have, I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I want to check it out. I saw Man in the Moon when it came out. I think I've seen it a few more times uh, even since then. And I've watched a few documentaries on Andy Kaufman, specifically the time around with him and Jerry Lawler, which I know is dressed in the film. If you're a wrestling fan, you know what that's about. But uh, yeah, I I do want to check this out because I thought the movie was really interesting. The whole thing, Andy Kaufman is just an interesting dude in general and seeing something even behind behind the scenes even more of that with Jim Carrey getting into character and all that I think that's going to be really cool to watch it's really interesting Jim Carrey goes way deep into the whole method thing yeah which kind of pissed some people off yeah. including Jerry Lawler um, and some of the people around the production in general but it's really interesting just to hear Jim Carrey talk about life and about acting he's such a a, a weird guy mm-hmm. but really interesting I could listen to him just talk all day and his interview in it is is really interesting. They kind of play parts of it throughout. So if you're a movie fan at all, if you like Andy Coffin, if you like Man on the Moon, if you like Jim Carrey, acting, breathing, any any of those <laughs> things, if you like any of them, go watch that. It's on Netflix now. It's Jim and Andy is what it's called. Super interesting movie. Definitely check that out. The method thing bring, brings to mind, I listened to an interview with Seth Rogen today on Nerdist podcast where... He talked. They were talking about Disaster Artist and James Franco. He directed it. He the entire time on set and also while he was directing the film as the director was the doing the Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, he was he was him the entire time. He like was complete method. And Seth Rogen has even said like it was it was fucking weird. <laughs> but 
I, I'm really excited to check that out. Well, we'll see. I, I, yeah, I'm definitely really excited to see that one. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, you hear Seth Rogen, James Franco, Dave Franco, all these other dorks in mm-hmm. the movie, and you think Knocked Up. But it sounds like it's getting critically really well-reviewed mm-hmm. from folks who have seen it. So, yeah. really interesting. I've heard a tiny bit of Oscar buzz, even. For James Franco, potentially as best actor. So. Yeah. So, Disaster Artist could be... I know you and I are going to go try to see that as soon as it's out. So, yeah. uh, obviously, a review of that. Uh, more to come on the show. The last movie that I saw over the past week... I actually went to this one in theaters. It's, it's Roman J. Israel Esquire. It's the new Denzel Washington movie, if you're not aware. He plays a an attorney who is kind of a kind of a big civil rights kind of guy or was back in the day. Now he's a pretty normal lawyer, but he's kind of a interesting like almost a savant kind of character where he's he's very very smart but kind of socially awkward. And they don't specifically mention if he's like on the spectrum or anything like that, but he's generally just kind of a weird guy. But really really smart and really good at being a lawyer. And he has this the story is a pretty simple one. It's just about uh, a single choice that he makes and what results from that choice. And it's really interesting. I, I really liked Denzel in this. I thought that he was very much more reeled in and more contained in this. He wasn't yelling and screaming and spitting everywhere like he does in some of his movies. So I, that was really refreshing to see. Colin Farrell, I thought, turned in a pretty good performance in this. He kind of plays a counterpart to Denzel where... Denzel is kind of in moral, he likes to be more moral, where uh, Colin Farrell is a little more about money and, and those things. He's kind of new school to old school kind of thing. And again, I, I really liked Denzel in this. The movie as a whole, I thought was just kind of okay. Mm-hmm. So for this one, it's kind of a complicated recommend. If you like Denzel and you want to see his new stuff, definitely go check it out. He puts in a good performance. In general, though, I think most people can honestly skip this one. Yeah. Uh, not really great. There's not a ton of a story there. It's nothing you haven't seen before. So, again, you know, if you're going to go see it, go see it for the Denzel. So kind of to go along the lines of your, you know, with, with that being kind of racial, racially charged, this one that I'm talking about now is on Netflix called Mudbound, which is also along those lines. It's, I mean, it's it's about, huge theme in this is, is about race and about ra- racism it takes place in the 1940s around that time so obviously it wasn't you know the most equal time in in america but so that what the story is about it takes place in also missouri which is another place that i want to go to missouri now <laughs> so it, basically it takes place on the majority of it takes place on a farm in missouri it stars pretty unknown actors but you got some some of the, like the the more known ones you got uh Carrie Mulligan uh, you got Jason Mitchell, who was recently in the Straight Outta Compton movie. You got, Excellent in that. Is easy. Uh, well, a guy you don't know by name, but you'd recognize if you saw him as Jason Clark, and then uh, Garrett Hedlund. Uh, he, his name's familiar, but again, you'd see him and you'd kind of recognize him. But he hasn't been anything. So it's and then Jonathan Banks also, who is plays Mike in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Ah. He was also in Community, which we loved, which is kind of a, a different role to see him in. But so. Basically, the, this takes place. So Jason Clark's character, he's he comes from a, his dad is Jonathan Banks. They they come from a farming family. You kind of get from the beginning that, or at least somewhat in the in the beginning that Jonathan Banks was kind of a piece of shit dad and not a very good person. You find out later as it goes on more and more, he is a shitty person. <laughs> but Jason Clark the character's name is Henry. He goes and buys buys a farm and decides he wants to do it. You know, he wants to do it. He wants to be a farmer and continue that legacy. His wife, who he meets uh, pretty early on, is Carrie Mulligan. And what was pr- what seemed to be pretty common during this time is that, you know, the white men would buy farms and have farms, and black men would and their families would work on them, and they they would get paid, but not very much money, obviously. So that that's where this other character named Hap comes in comes into play in, in his family, and this is kind of what the first this movie I watched it in two parts, but it also plays in two parts too. So it, that's the first part of it, as you kind of get an introduction to the families and you see kind of how things were set up back then, and and it, it's not the first part really isn't too 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 terrible in terms of the the, the racism. But once you get to the second part, that's when it really kind of kicks in. And this, that's when the movie really picks up. Um, so the second part takes place kind of during and post-World War II. And that's where you get 
my favorite characters in the movie, which is the character played by Garrett Hudlin. His name's Jamie. He's the brother of Henry. And then uh, Jason Mitchell, his character's name is Roncel, and he's the son of Hap. That, that's where you kind of see more and more of the kind of the racial aspects come into play. You see the, once, especially once they return from World War II, you see Roncel's character almost envy being in, in, in war. So it's some really interesting dynamics. I mean, it, 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 because you don't know the characters very, or you don't know the actors very well, and it's kind of a, it's a slower paced story, you kind of get that feeling of what it was like to live then. And it's, I mean, you can, it's heavy. It's a pretty heavy movie. The overall, just in terms of the movie in general, I thought, and the more and more I've thought about it, the, the performances are outstanding. Jason Mitchell and uh, Garrett, Garrett Hedlund are, they turn into great performance. Um, they, coming back from war, you see the kind of the PTSD type thing. They play that off super well. They lean on each other, which is really cool. And, and there's some good things with racism and, and like racial relations, not racism, good things with racism, good things with racial relations with those characters. But then also like Jonathan Banks brings it back, you know, it's, and, and shows like kind of how terrible it was back then. So I think it's a movie that um, a is really really good uh, and it's already gotten some early oscar talks which is which is good the thing against it it's a netflix movie it doesn't have a theatrical release and i think people i think the uh, the academy might hold it back for that but there's some really good performances all of all of the main cast everyone i mentioned so far uh, has has a great performance in, the, in this movie and and especially with garrett henlin and, and jason mitchell they should get some sort of recognition i think um it, it's written really well. I mean, I, everyone interacts very, very well, and it gets a true, like I said, true, true life performance. And just overall, I think it's, I think it's directed well. It's, it puts together a complete story. This is definitely one that I've had my eye on. I'm especially going to watch it after hearing what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting that you say about Netflix and the Academy not, you know, not appreciating that mm-hmm. it's not getting a theatrical release. So let me ask you this: if if you could put this up against some of the other movies that people that you've, I don't know if you've seen any that have Oscar buzz mm-hmm. yet. Uh, well, the one you're about to talk about, I know, yeah. has some Oscar buzz. Do, do you think it's good enough? Could this be the one that sort of jumps the broom and, and becomes maybe the first one to get a big nomination, even though it didn't have a theatrical release? Do you think it has that kind of power? I think it does. I, th- I think it, it is that good of a movie. I Like, it's, ones we've seen so far, so I... The next one I'll talk about is Lady Bird. I saw that. I'll, I'll have some things to comment about that. But like we saw Dunkirk, which I've seen as one that's kind of been up there for potential nomination and, and different different things. I think I like it better than Dunkirk. The thing that I, th- and I just thought about this now is interesting, is with this being on Netflix, I don't, this is a movie I don't know if I would have saw in theaters. Yeah. You know, I, it's not, I mean, you watch the trailer and, and just kind of the, the topics around it. It's not something that's like people want to go out and see unless it has like great buzz and everything like that but how, the audience may not have been there for it or you know just people are like oh it's you know depressing kind of like the same thing with like detroit that's kind of a depressing movie yep I, obviously i don't think detroit's like a, a oscar nomination but i think that just like netflix helps more people see this and and, and i'm glad i saw it because it's, it's really damn good so I, I i i hope this gets attention and i hope the academy can get over it because this is where movies are heading this is this is where movies are going. Like the Martin Scorsese movie that's coming out. That's going to be on Netflix. Yep. He's he's the cast in that one and, and everything that's going around it. He's not going to not get an Oscar nomination for that. You right. Know? So I, I hope that this kind of breaks through because I know Beast of No Nation was another one that didn't get nominated where people were upset because it was on Netflix. The Emmys got over it. The Oscars need to as well. Yeah, that's a really good point because the Emmys uh, with Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. definitely. They... Netflix has been cleaning up forever now yep. you know yeah it's definitely interesting and and we are we are starting to get into that oscar season it's mm-hmm. it's december a lot of movies are having these limited releases now so they can get it out before the end of the year and get in the oscar conversation i know you just last night went to another one that a lot of people are saying is going to be one of those contenders and it's ladybird yeah ladybird so i don't know if it, it's not it's a movie that i don't see i saw the trailer for this several months ago before it started getting its attention i was really interested to see it it's it's because i thought when i saw the trailer it's an independent movie and ever since then i've just been hearing more and more and it's getting more and more good reviews and now it's starting to get oscar attention which seeing this movie i, I would have never guessed but for those who for those who don't know it's i mean it's a story about growing up 
So it stars Saoirse Ronan. That's she's very Irish. So I I promise the way if you see the way her name is is I did research on this. <laughs> so it's Saoirse Ronan. She she was actually she's been in a, a, quite a few things. She was I think she was already uh, nominated for supporting actress in Brooklyn, and she was also in the Lovely Bones, which came out forever ago now. So she I mean she has proven she's a really good actress and she shows it in this movie. So it's her kind of grown up. She's in her senior year of high school. You kind of get the the main story focuses on the relationship with her mother. Uh, her mother is played her mother is played by Laurie Metcalf. Some things some, some thoughts about this. There's several themes in this movie. The first theme is the parental thing, the parental issues and growing up. Obviously, you know, we're not women, but you know, daughters and mothers you have a pretty different bond than than guys do with their their dads and, and mothers so from what i've heard from a lot of people and read it's it plays pretty true i i didn't have a sister so i never got to grow up with i know you had a sister named kyle <laughs> so so I, I mean i i don't know i i can't comment on that but it seems like it does a good job and you know you, you believe it from from the second just that these two you know love each other but are also you know bat you know go go to bat a lot uh, it also has some some relationship stuff with the different boyfriends and some, like, you know, homosexuality type things in there. There's also some things like, because this movie is focused a lot on on uh, Saoirse's character, Lady Bird slash Christine, going to college. And so you get that that whole senior year moving away feeling. Uh, that brought me back to, to, like, senior high school, which was really cool. That, and that's probably what I connected to the most was there's there's some parts in this that this movie is almost like written for and made for as a love letter to your hometown. And it made me think a lot about where we grew up and kind of the, how she talks about her hometown, which is Sacramento as kind of like a shithole, which we did when we were kids. But now like we look back on it, it's like, ah, you know, yeah, it's really cool. And going back there, it's really cool. So that's what I connected to the most and really liked about it. Like I said, the performances are awesome. Uh, Saoirse Ronan's amazing. Glory Metcalf, uh, is also really great as the mother there i think both of them could definitely i, I think search rona will be nominated for an oscar uh, because of the, the tension this uh, in the tension this movie is getting i prior to the, the tension that it's getting maybe not she still has an amazing performance but i think the tension has really done it she's hosting snl this weekend too mm. which it's dumb to say that could help because it has nothing to do with the movie but it's part of it it's part of it, it campaigning is part of it yep. and i think that We'll kind of talk about that a little, but I think the, the, the campaigning is something that's going to be big for this movie. I mean, like I said, their relationship is, is amazing. It's tumultuous, but it's it's really cool the, the way they, they pull it off. And Saoirse's character, I just like saying that name. <laughs> um, they Her growth throughout the movie from the beginning to the end is really cool to see. Just see her change and, and how they can do it in a movie that's only an hour and a half, which I loved that. <laughs> I didn't fall asleep. But it... It's really good. I, I loved it. The directing is really done well done as well. Greta Gerwig, who's the writer and director, first time writing a movie and directing a movie, which is crazy. Wow. And she she it was clear from the beginning she knew what she wanted in this movie. She knew where it was gonna go. That shows great directing and and the writing as well. I, I mean, I could see a, a world where she gets nominated for both those things. I with on a world where there's not a lot of original scripts out there. I, I think this one has a good shot of being nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Directing, we'll see, because I know there's a lot of great directors this year. But, I mean, you never know. I, I, I'm rooting for her to do that. The movie is, is definitely, though, like I said, before the tension it's getting, I would have saw this as an indie movie, and I still do see this as an independent movie. And what I mean by that is, is an independent movie doesn't have a, a structure like a, a regular you know, movie does like like a you know a higher budget movie. Most higher budget movies have that traditional build up to the climax and the come down. Whereas this type of movie and this movie specifically has a lot of kind of little ups and downs throughout the whole thing. And I think the way a movie is structured and and the way that most traditional people in the academy look at a movie, they might look at the down on this movie. That might hold it back from getting a best picture nomination. I think it's a great movie. And I think a lot. I think people should see it. I, I I recommend it very highly. But that being said, I don't know if I see it as a best picture nomination from traditional movies. So, yeah, I mean, perfect, amazing performances, great, great directing, writing. Love the movie, uh, wholeheartedly. So definitely, definitely check it out.
Yeah, again, this is one that's on my list to, to go see while it's still in theaters, which I'm sure it still will be through the Oscar season uh, in certain places. It'll at least come back a bit. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, you touched on this a little bit, but it being a, a female lead character, uh, and that's been happening more often lately, mm-hmm. but generally it's just not very often that there's a female lead character in movies. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you were still, as a man, able to connect with a lot of, the, at so. least some of, or a lot of the, the same themes and things. So it still spoke to you, even though you weren't directly represented mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, very much so. I, I mean, it's, it's about growing up. I mean, no matter if it's a guy, girl, whatever. I mean, the, the movie is about growing up and especially that. I mean, I, I look back pretty fondly on my last few years of high school and, and you know, it, it reminded me very much of that and kind of the friendships. That, there's a lot of friendship stuff going on there and and the, just growing up in general that you look back and some things are like, oh, man, I was an idiot. You know, it, it reminds you of the dumb choices you made, but also the, the moments you realized you were growing up and it's really cool. I mean, it, it's a really good movie. It's Like I said, it's it's a totally an independent movie, which completely surprises me that it's getting getting as much attention as it is. But, I mean, at the same time, I, I, I want it to get attention. It's not that I don't want it to get attention. I don't want it to get nominated because I think, I think movies like that deserve to be – deserve to have, have more attention. And for some of these smaller-name actors, like well, – I mean, Saoirse Ronan isn't really not, but Laurie Metcalf, who hasn't been in a lot of mainstream stuff um, – there's really not a ton of I can't I can't name another actor and because these these the people in this the, the only one that I can name plays a small part is David Wallace from The Office I can't even get <laughs> I can't even get his name like what is that what his real name is but I know he's David Wallace he's in it but I just I would like for more actors who are really good to get this attention and have have the mainstream audience to to be able to continue to work you know definitely totally agree with you. I like the indie movies. I like when they get attention. So this one is going to be one that I'm, like I said, I'm going to go see it and I'm going to keep an eye out for it when the nominations come out. So let me ask you this. Mudbound and Lady Bird, if you had to pick one of them to be nominated for Best Picture, which one would you pick? I think it'd be Mudbound. It, yeah. It's more of it's more of something that the Academy can, can latch on to because the other thing about that too is I think Mudbound, A, tells, tells more of a complete story because there were times in Lady Bird where I was like, I thought where's this going and it, and that's because of the structure like what what is the logical conclusion here yeah she's probably gonna go to college but what's the point and she's just going to college whereas like mudbound you can you can guess and they even kind of shadow foreshadow in the beginning where this movie is going to go and I, I think it just put together more complete so i don't know we'll see it's definitely it's a great time for movies right now with you know, Star Wars coming out in a couple weeks. We got Disaster Artist coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other ones, Coco that we mentioned is out now, and a lot of the Oscar Oscar type movies. You're gonna try and get limited releases before the end of the year. We're gonna be here to talk about all of them. Yeah. Uh, Seth, I know you always make a point to try to see as many Oscar contenders as you can. So. Yeah. So Lady Bird, obviously, last night I'm going to see three billboards uh, outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which is uh, one that's getting a lot of attention as Woody Harrelson in it. And it's another movie that the star is, is, you know, the woman, woman actress. I can't remember her name right now, but yeah, Francis McDormand. Is that who it is? Yeah. Okay. I remember I'm, the trailer looked, that's another one that I saw. I saw that trailer and Lady Bird and I saw one other one that is all getting Oscar attention now. Um, Cause that movie, three billboards is also an indie movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw all those trailers before Brawl and Subblock 99. And it's just interesting now that some of those are getting attention. So I'm really excited to see that next week. It's going to be exciting. A lot of good stuff coming out. We're going to review it all. Make sure you get out to Jared Buckendall's YouTube channel. You can find that at Jared Buckendall. He's staying busy going to movies. I know he's already been to Coco. Uh, obviously the Avengers trailer reaction that we talked about. So uh, we're going to go ahead and link to that one in the description down below so that you can make sure and check that one out. Sounds like it's a... Sounds like it's a must-see. It's fucking funny. (laughs) That said, make sure you're subscribing to us on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And and Napster as well. And Napster. You can download us illegally on Napster if you like. Or (laughs) Kazaa. Or Kazaa or LimeWire (laughs) or uh, wherever else you happen to get your podcast, legally or illegally. We don't care. We don't make money off this. Anyway. Uh, do go out to Podknife and leave us a review if you can. And don't forget to follow them on Twitter at Podknife. Uh, you're going to find me at underscore Cody Michael and Seth at Seth O'Ott. Don't forget to follow the show at SoCo Show Pod on Twitter. Sp- speaking of Twitter real quick, though. So my name on Twitter is Seth Pancakes Ott. 
I had some fucking hell of pancakes in L.A. <laughs> this pancake, it was, I had one of them. You tried to eat three of them. This thing, I swear to God, was an inch thick. From bottom to top, it was an inch thick, and it was the size of a hubcap. <laughs> That's not even a joke. It was literally the size of a hubcap, for like a Hummer even. Yeah. But, oh my God. I ate like a third of one of them. Yeah. You did a little better than I did, but yeah. they were delicious. They were amazing. Mine were uh, pump, pumpkin, pumpkin flavored with like pumpkin pie filling and and whipped cream on top of them. I'm thinking about them. Like I, I want to go find them again. <laughs> uh, it was dope. I think mine had banana and peanut butter in mm-hmm. it, but it was also stellar. We ate like kings all weekend. We had a lot of good food. I have, I'm not going to step on a scale for a month. Uh, yeah, I'm a little concerned about my weight right now. Uh, it's it's probably ate not like a kings good and drank like alcoholics. Oof. It was a good trip. Yeah. It was a good trip overall. (laughs) Well, that's going to be the end of episode 20. Make sure you check back next week for episode 21. We'll be back on Thursday next week. This is your co-host, Cody Michael, for the so host, Seth Ott, signing off. We'll see you next time. Bye.